0: Please sit comfortably, everyone. So, good evening, everyone. It's so wonderful to have you back in the room again, as well as people online. Um, I'm glad we're able to do it again. Yeah. So, uh, the theme of what I'd like to talk about tonight um, is kind of a, a half form kind of title. It's more like a theme rather than a title. But I'd like to talk about the difference between judgment and discernment and to follow that through in terms of how that impacts on what we might refer to in Buddhism as the karma of our life and how that plays out in in everyday life. Um, And I find that um, without actually using those words, those Buddhist words, that they're that, that it's Buddhist principles which kind of drive or inform the way I work with people in counselling. Um, but to, to to begin to make a distinction between judgment and discernment, in, in one sense it's it's not quite entirely true to say that, um, as I've mentioned before, that when you practice meditation, you practice with a a non-judgmental mind, it's kind of like a half-truth in the sense of um, we try to get out of right and wrong kind of thinking, you know, this is good or this is bad, etc. And with that, getting out of that kind of dualistic type of thinking of good and bad, right and wrong, etc., we get out of, I think, an attitude of Harsh judgment, right? And we, we get out of this very binary sense of the way that we look at the world. It's either right or wrong. And there's, there's no ambiguity in there. There's no metaphor in there. There's no irony in there. It's just right or wrong. Very literal. Um, and so with meditation practice, that, that very binary way of looking at the world starts to break down and we see life fresher kind of experience, which brings me to discernment because discernment is a kind of judgment of a kind, only it's a softer kind of judgment. And instead of perhaps using the word judgment, it's an assessment of a situation or an assessment of the circumstances of what we're experiencing and the context in which we experience it. So as we practice meditation, um, we do develop wise discernment. So if you if you're sitting in Sazen and you realise that you're um, really inflamed with anger, and you're going over some angry story, inventing it in your own mind, as you mature in your practice, instead of just just being that anger, there is a discernment arises. It doesn't it doesn't feel healthy. Right? It doesn't feel wholesome, you know, it feels kind of toxic. So that's that's a kind of a, a judgment or an assessment, a discernment. And so you, you get a clearer understanding of what are kind of um, more wholesome experiences of mind, um, which are beneficial for you and beneficial for other people, and which ones aren't. You know? Because the stuff we're often holding on to in ourselves. So it's very important to make that distinction and don't be too frightened about being judgmental in a sense in the sense of discerning what's actually going on. and uh, when we're discerning um, it comes out of not of out of the binary right and wrong mind, but it comes out of connection with body, gut feeling, context, social context that we're in. it's all of those things together then inform our decisions about how we act in the world. Which brings me on to karma, because as we all know, the word karma means kind of cause and effect. Um, it's not a particularly esoteric kind of concept, um, it kind of means there is a, there is a consequence to our actions uh, it will have an impact in the world one way or another. And if our inner experience is a kind of a wholesome one, then, then it doesn't lead to so-called bad karma in the world. It doesn't create harm. Um, and it is the, in, the intention we take up in any form of Buddhist practice that um, we don't do harm in the world, or at least we try to minimise the amount of harm we do in the world. And that will come when the state of mind is more wholesome and we can dis- discern between them. Um, But to translate that into more everyday language, um, one of the things I find when I'm working with individuals and couples and families and conflicts and so on, is to go back to just sort of plain English, which is really kind of Dharma psychology, is to get people to really examine, what is my intention in doing X, Y, Z, or wanting to do this? What's the intention, and also you get people focused on what is the outcome that they want. In other words, the consequence of that intention, and um, and then when when you become clear about that, something um, something healing or something valuable comes out of that. I give you an example. Some of the ways. Come back to basic Buddhist psychology again. Where we get caught in delusion and unskillful action is because we're grasping at things, like desiring things, or we're having aversion to things. And so if we're grasping onto something and we're discerning that we're grasping onto something, whether it's too much food or too much alcohol or too much talking, too much need for clinging to an identity, being right, whatever it might be, then with discernment, you, you're able to acknowledge that experience like a grasping energy. And then the consequence of that will be saying no to something, like inhibiting, saying no. Like instead of just going on impulse, you have impulse control. Mm-hmm. So a, lo- a lot of wisdom, a lot of discernment in action, in our life does mean saying no to something. Mm -hmm. And then something else comes forward, which is wiser. That's how we deal with grasping energy. But it's not just that. When you look at the aversion side of life, it's things we're fearful of, things we're running away from that we need to address. Um, It's a matter of going towards something. It's not a matter of saying no to something. It's a matter of going, like approaching, rather than avoiding. Mm -hmm. And that requires a certain kind of wisdom in the way that we approach that as well. And I'll I'll give you an example. And before I give this example, um, I'm not talking about any particular family that I've seen. This is a theme that myself and other family therapists would see this theme working out in in some families over, you know, 10, 20, 30 years of doing family therapy. Um, it's an example where there's been um, sexual abuse of children in a family. So like in this example, say a, a father has abused his daughter sexually. And then as they grow up into adults, um, and that, that little girl who's abused has children of her own right, becomes a grandmother, and no-one knows about the sexual abuse, it's a secret, like it often is in a family, and the mother allows her grandchildren to be exposed to the pedophile father, right, and no-one knows about it, and then it all comes out, you know, that that's the father was actually a pedophile. And everyone's really angry that the grandkids were exposed to this person. Mm -hmm. And something needs to be resolved. Something needs to be said. Now, that's a very emotionally charged situation. That's why I'm bringing it up. But something has to be done. Otherwise, you just keep the secret. And then something perpetuates in the family. So something has to be... Like the bubble has to be burst, it has to be addressed, you have to approach rather than avoid. But if you're approaching it in a Dharma way, what's your intention? You know, if you're gonna approach and you're gonna expose this, what is your intention? Is it just to vent anger? Is it just to be right, do you know? Is it to just to justify something? Right? That's why it's important to understand where, where we're coming from in these kind of situations. And what is the outcome you want? Mm -hmm. What what a a noble outcome, what a good outcome would be, would be protecting children from a pedophile. That would be the outcome you would want. Not about being right, venting, revenge, etc, etc. And so being clear about what your intention is in any kind of particularly conflictual situation Clear of the intention, being clear of what the outcome is that you're aspiring to, and it's a and it's an outcome that's beneficial for yourself and others. That that guides your behaviour. That leads to healthy kind of karma rather than unhealthy karma. Um, but what you see played out in life a lot of the time, and in politics and in the media, is is often um, unconscious intentions and very unclear outcomes that people are searching for. Um, So to put all that together, meditation practice is the sense of discernment between, I don't want to say right and wrong, but the the, the discernment between what is wholesome intention and unwholesome intention just reveals itself to you much more clearly as your mind clears. And it's with that we tap into that more wholesome intention to be clear about what the outcomes we want in certain situations. When people, I find when people get get the hang of that and and it's not it's not that hard to understand when, when you're working with people, um, it leads to a much more effective kind of communication and conflict resolution um, rather than just perpetuating old patterns of bad karma in families, if I can put it that way, where you just get reaction and reaction and reaction going on and on and on. Any kind of of skillful means that we develop um, will be one which minimises harm or leads to less harm in the world, not more harm in the world.